Pray with me. God, on this first Sunday after Christmas, may we be good stewards of the Christmas story in the way that we speak and in the way that we listen this day. Amen. Mothers wailing, clutching the last remnants of their life of their sons. Fathers paralyzed, powerless at the hands of the man who has robbed them of their identity as protector and provider. The survivors frozen in a state of shock over the violence that has stolen their innocence. The empty streets, the broken homes, the sunless skies, all cry out at the injustice that dominates the land. And then a voice cries out in my living room, and my head jerks up from the book I've been reading. Lima Gaboe had grabbed me by the hand and walked me through her life as I read her memoir, Mighty Be the Powers, about the fight for peace in Liberia. On my comfy couch in Louisville, Kentucky, next to the fire with the twinkling lights of the Christmas tree, I had ventured with her. I stood with her on the old road that led to her parents' home. I fled with her the first time the rebels closed in and the Civil War began. I hid with her in a room in Monrovia and huddled close with her four children. I rode the boat for days without food in search of security for her family. It causes whiplash as I read it going back and forth from her world to mine again and again. The story is so painful. It makes me really just want to close the book and walk away. To avoid seeing the pain that we cause one another. Because that pain is far away and yet it's just too close for comfort. Mothers wailing. Fathers paralyzed. The survivors frozen. The empty streets. The broken homes. The sunless skies. And yet it follows us into the sanctuary. And it haunts us here, an old story. Ironically, our Christmas story, God comes to us through the vulnerable form of a baby, small enough to enter the world in a manger, powerful enough, though, to set off a killing spree by a king. The lectionary that tells us the scripture we read, it is cruel. It gives no break. It gives no comfort on this first Sunday after Christmas. With the echoes still in the air, O oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. We hear the women of Bethlehem wailing, weeping for their children, refusing to be consoled because they are no more. The story is so painful. It makes us just want to close the book and look away. To see the pain of another causes us to feel to feel the deep darkness that has the power to consume and extinguish the light that lives within us. We waited all of Advent for this. 
We read devotions. We lit candles. We prepared and we show up today and this is what we get. It's at this place that some people will close the book and they will walk away. Whether it is because the story is too painful or because their life is too painful, it will just be too much to take. The questions of why will be so big and so sobering that they can leave us mentally and emotionally paralyzed. Why? Why did God's entrance into the world not rid evil once and for all? Why do the children have to suffer? Why can one man choose to rob the lives of others with such ease? The staggering power of such questions will move us from a one-dimensional snow globe Christmas into a one-dimensional, hopeless, weary, bleak midwinter. It will be the ending of faith as we choose to orient our lives based on what is seen rather than trust in what is unseen. It will be the ending of feeling as we choose instead to just stay numb. As the scale of violence escalates in our world, we say to ourselves, how much more unsafe the world is today than it was yesterday. But the cries of the women in Bethlehem remind us that violence has been the reality with which we have faced for all of time. It is the human story. Adam and Eve want what they cannot have, and so they take. They participate together in disobeying the rules of the garden, and human life becomes marked by enmity and division and pain and struggle and death. Brother kills brother, and so begins the endless cycle of want, take, wound, repeat. Of her experience in Liberia's civil war, Lima writes, when you move so quickly from innocence to a world of fear and pain and loss, it's as if the flesh of your heart and mind gets cut away piece by piece, like slices taken off a ham. And finally, there is nothing left but bone. The world is full of people stripped to the bone by envy Isolation, addiction, rejection. It is a dangerous place where people face the end of hope at the hands of another, where people face the end of joy at the hands of their own self-destruction. The women of Bethlehem surely felt as if their world had ended. And you have to wonder why God, fully aware of the mess of our world, came in such a risky way, sending a boy into a world of men, men whose hunger for power caused them to disregard the sanctity of life so easily. Why, in a world full of endings, God chose to begin again. The women weep in Bethlehem, and Mary and Joseph nurture the child in Egypt. The women begin to have children again, And Jesus takes his first steps. Bethlehem faces a future with an entire generation missing, and Jesus heals the beggars and turns water into wine. The darkness of tragedy ruling the day, while love made flesh is growing and maturing, 
silently preparing to flip the world upside down. During the long days of waiting, Lima grew tired. After the first bullets fired and the months passed in fear, after the controlling husband and the four children born in poverty and war, after the escape to a foreign land and the oppressive family she found there, Lima grew tired. Tired of running, tired of being a victim to her own surroundings, tired of letting the powers in charge dictate her own story. And she began to move back and work with peace organizations. But she found that women were shut out of the process. So rather than spending time only with the leaders of the community, she made her way into the villages and she started small as she gathered the women. She began each time with a session of shedding weight. A guided, intentional time where women were given the invitation to end their silence and to begin to speak, to tell the stories and share the death about the death of their loved ones right in front of them, their sons taken away to be soldiers, and all the devastations that the war had caused on their lives. No matter the differences or the divisions between the women, in shedding their weight, they found that a bullet does not pause to distinguish Christian or Muslim, tribe or other tribe, it pierces the heart of all. No longer silenced, they leaned into one another. Their hearts broke for one another. And in shared brokenness, they became one. The women of Liberia went on to protest in the fields, on the steps of the courthouse, and eventually in the halls of justice where they forced the warring factions to negotiate for peace. They no longer turned away from the pain. They faced it head on. Their broken hearts made them vulnerable. Their vulnerability generated power. Their power strengthened their voices, and their voices shouted out that God was not done in Liberia. God was beginning in them as they were brokenhearted, but they were brave. The women wailing in the streets of Bethlehem do not ruin our Merry Christmas. They bring us closer to the Christmas story, not the one celebrated in the mall or on TV specials, but the real Christmas story. That God does not shy away from the darkness, but leans into it. God knew the world that God was walking into. The Christmas story tells of God's strong but soft heart, taking on fragile human flesh in order to walk into our mess. A mess that would one day crucify the baby, but still does not cause God to step back. In the face of what would be defeat, when we would disengage, God engages. Brothers and sisters, God invites us not just to admire the Christmas story, but to participate in it. To live with the same open and vulnerable heart for the world. To wade into the warring and trust that this is not the end. To trust that God is still beginning here 
to trust that while the women wail today, something is being birthed within us that will bring love to earth and heal the wounds even when we inflict them upon one another. To love the world, we must be willing to be brokenhearted. To love people enough to sacrifice our ignorance and risk our comfort zone by leaning into their pain, giving them a hand to hold while they bear the unbearable. But we must, not, we must work to not get lost in the quicksands of sorrow and pity and consolation, and we have to remind ourselves we are followers of the risen Christ who know that to love God, we must willing, be willing to be brave, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. Because God's preferred mode of entry into the world is in human bodies just like our own, bodies through which hope, peace, joy, and love will be born in mystery and in grace and in ways we probably never will know. This world needs a God with us, down in the grit of our mess, in the brightest days and in the darkest nights. This world needs a God with us, working through us, brokenhearted and yet brave. So we commit to watch the news and care for those who are hurting. We knock on our neighbor's door when the night is cold and lonely. We call the family member we avoided at Christmas and take the first steps towards forgiveness and reconciliation. We make the appointment with a counselor to finally talk about the issues we've been dealing with for a long time. And we do not let our broken hearts paralyze us because we are followers of the risen Christ. And we pray that this year we will find the humility and the strength to trust that love was and love is and love will continue to be for all the days to come. Should today be that day that you want to commit to following the God who walks with us into the darkness or to join this community of faith as we seek to be brokenhearted and brave together? It's our tradition that as we sing our final hymn, you come forward to share that decision with us. Now to the one who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish far more than all we could ask or imagine, may we give God our worship, our praise, and our very lives. Amen. Thank you.